And it says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. I, I, I really don't know what that means. I should probably Google that one, man. You should probably look it up. I think we're a little slangish getting into the beginning of this podcast yeah, there, Captain. All right. <laughs> Got to watch it just a little bit. But, man, hey, welcome back. We're live, Mr. Divin. Gosh dang. Here we are again, man. What a week. Dude, it it has been a incredible week. It has. Incredibly long. Incredibly great. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of other Incredibles that just aren't coming to mind, but it's been it's been dang incredible. Yeah, yeah, I think incredible is a great word for it. In, incredibly in all, tired. Yeah, oh, man. So <laughs> Catching up on sleep this entire week, dude. Man, for those of y'all that listened to last episode, we ran out to Georgia, uh, or those of y'all that didn't listen to it as well, but uh, ran out to Georgia to run that 307 Project trail race, and we'll get into that here in just a little bit, but... Man, we covered 32 hours of driving from Thursday evening, starting about 8 p.m., to Sunday morning, about 10 a.m., 32 hours. 32 hours of driving and 24 hours. Check out that math. I don't think that adds up at all, (laughs) (laughs) but we'll take it. I'm just kidding, man. It's been it's been a long week, but it's been it's been good. We're still a little delusional over here. <laughs> no, um, we were not speeding, folks. No, no speeding at all. Didn't break any traffic um, laws. Didn't hit any curbs. Dude, genuinely though, like considering it was thirty two hours, right? I like it it didn't really feel like that. Like obviously, you know, you get a little um tied up in the car and everything and you get, you know, whatever, but it it didn't seem like we were in there for 16 hours each direction. No, it really didn't. I mean, we had a really good shift going. I think we switched every four hours on the way. Um, yeah. Now, of five. course, there was a leg of about three hours that was divine to Westphalia and Westphalia to divine. So dad wasn't involved in that switch. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a man. It was just a good experience. It's it's weird that you can go and drive 32 hours in that short of a period of time and come back feeling refreshed. Like it's kind of odd to me. I, I don't mentally know. Mentally and spiritually, yes. You saying you weren't physically refreshed? Dude, the recovery <laughs> on the backside of that, I think, was prolonged from being cramped up in a car just like immediately after that run. Oh yeah, but that was good, man. I genuinely, I mean, it was a. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I think it was just a experience that turned out to be so much more than we thought it would have been, you know, just going into it originally. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more then, uh, more than I can say here and put into words, man. I, I just, I 
know that dad got the same kind of experience out of it and and all three of us walked away with just an an awesome and new respect for for the three to seven guys but also for our little group of people it was nice uh, we usually have a huge race group and and not to put anybody in that group down or, or to alienate ourselves from them but man it was nice to to just go and have three people competing and kind of fending for themselves in ways. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Y'all guys were a huge help once y'all's races were over helping me uh, get around and crewing me a little bit too. But just being able to kind of do your own thing, rely on yourself and, and just go out and, and run a race, man. No, no big hoorah around it or anything like that. Just mm-hmm. go. Just, just getting out and doing the dang thing. And, you know, again, you know, I, I, I truly love all the individuals that we have um, surrounding us and, and our crew and everything like that. But, you know, when it was just us three, man, I mean, we're able to get into some pretty in-depth, uh, deep conversations and and just really uh, continue building the relationship that we have. And, you know, it was just a super, super tight-knit just trip just in general. Um, and, I mean – you know, obviously, you and I are close, and, and your dad is, and you, I mean, <laughs> obviously, y'all are close, too, but, you know, the relationship between your dad and I is, is pretty special, too. I mean, he married Kendall and I for... It's very true. I mean, you know, we, we have a pretty dang close relationship as well, so, I don't know, man, you know, just getting out and, and being able to, to get down the road and, and enjoy and experience it, and... um. Just being that same mindset in space the entire time is just pretty dang cool. Yeah. It's just a it's just a nice step back and um you know, I don't know, you just get to truly enjoy it. So And I couldn't agree with you more. Now one thing you did say is that the road to recovery was a little tough for us over here. <laughs> and that's a good little segue into our recovery partner over here. Access, access recovery, recovery. <laughs> that's right over in conroe texas over here uh or over there i should say over there you man we ain't over there in in them old piney woods yeah we ain't about that I, however i wish we were i'll tell you the truth because <laughs> coming into the backside of this race having some normatech boots which you loaned me yours so thank you so much for that absolutely but uh coming out of this and and having them normatech boots uh having that cold plunge opportunity mm-hmm. having that sauna work man some of that stretching and rolling and and the expertise of course of such a talented team over there at axis mm-hmm. would have been something i know i could have highly benefited from and maybe you as well there, sir. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, dude. Um, you know, I don't know, man. I mean, just the recovery game in general. Um, you know, it's something that we've consistently talked about just, just pretty pretty dang often. You know, recovery now to us is, is just so much um, higher on that prioritization list that we got. And, um, you know, whenever you got professionals uh, like we have at Access Recovery, it's just a game changer, dude. And I mean, there ain't no better place to go do it than over there in their in their spot. Yeah, state of the art facilities, commercial grade equipment, and man, they're out there supporting the communities as well. They were out at Rocky Raccoon, a mm-hmm. uh, hundred and fifty miler, uh, both weekends, putting in some work, helping some runners get recovered and get around the course, and just being kind of a light out there and in a place that can get kind of dark. I know the conditions were were pretty rough out there, and I imagine people went to some spots mentally that were pretty pretty dark but you got yeah. them big old boys like chris barnes and kyle out there yelling at you and get you motivated to give up and get back around that track man oh yeah have a clydesdale chasing after you 
That's Pretty right. scary. It is, man. <laughs> Thunder and hooves over there. But now y'all go check out Access Recovery. Mention that Next in Line Development sent you by, and you'll get ten mm. percent off of your visit. And uh, man, you'll get to enjoy amazing recovery and just an awesome community and group of people. Yeah, yeah. No, go out there and, and freaking take advantage of it. So yeah, hard to beat. Amen. And man, you've probably seen them on our social media. Uh, if you haven't, you should go ahead and give us a follow on social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. It's at Next in Line Development on all three of those platforms. Also at Next in Line Development on YouTube as well. We post a lot mm-hmm. of our content there. Looking to get some more short-term stuff out as far as uh, shorts and reels and, and more informative and, and kind of just quick action stuff out too here yeah yeah absolutely and, and some highlights of just our runs and and workouts i mean we do still lift as well so we got a lot of stuff going on that we're looking forward to just sharing sharing with everybody and you know again this is this is a this is a community man like we're trying to get some some engagement from y'all i mean share everything that you're doing with us too i mean we know we ain't we, we ain't the only ones out there getting out there and getting after it so yeah if you're putting in the work we want to see it we want to be part of it if you got an event that you're running you got something you're getting involved in and you think there's a way we can help you out or support you in some kind of way give us a shout reach out shoot us a dm we'd love to hear from you mm-hmm. absolutely and um you know again this is all about the community and we're just we're just trying to grow it and so if you do get anything from this you know don't be afraid to get out there and share it with everybody else. So, Amen. Man, I want to take a deep dive into 3 of 7 trail race and what it was like for you and, and my, kind of my experience as well. I, I wish we had Mr. Billy Pitts here with us, Billy Joggins. To Old Billy Joggins. Recap we're we're going to get him on here, man. Yeah, but, but the in crowd the, needs him. <laughs> yeah, they do, man. Motivating. But before we get into that, I do think we need to take a second and recognize a couple of people that ran the old Outlaw 100 over in Oklahoma this past weekend. We do, man. There's there's some pretty dang awesome folks out there getting after it. Uh, that is our good friend Dan and our and our other good friend Ashley. They're both out there on the trail just hammering it down. Yeah, they did. Dan Gilliam, Ashley Force, she went out there. Both of them knocked out the 100-mile distance. Um, I know I was keeping up with Ashley's story on, on Facebook and Instagram, so I was kind of watching seeing how it goes and man it sounded like it was a tough race and dude and, you know what i loved about that though is like the transparency of it right because i feel like a lot of times you know just in general people always post like hey we're out here we're doing the dang thing everything is going good and, and all you're seeing is the good but just how true and transparent she was on her stories um i mean like that's that's what it's all about right there i couldn't agree more and a lot of times you catch the crew running the social media side of things and they're videoing the runner coming in and the runners all in high spirits because they're right there with the crew and just crunk and excited and you're exactly right she was out on the trail with a selfie going filming herself and and just yeah letting us know how it was man it was cool to see that side but um, and i mean even then too um you know just to speak of the community that that is of the ultra world for the most part, right? There was, there were people at the aid station that ended up giving her their clothes to help her get through the rest of that race. I don't oh, know if dang. you caught that. I yeah. did not catch that. That's awesome, man. Yep. It, I mean, if that doesn't if that doesn't show you know what this community is about, I mean, I don't know what else will. But I'll tell you, I mean, it, it's pretty dang special getting to getting to be a part of this again. So, 
Man, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think it's I think it's going to be a, an awesome thing. And, and that's what we're shooting for here, man. That's, that's the kind of community we want to have. That's the kind of people we want to be around. So mm-hmm. if you all want to be part of that, let us know. And, and literally somebody giving Ashley the shirt off their back kind of thing. Dude, it's- shirt, jacket. I think she had two jackets on, maybe a beanie too. Like That's, that's be- dope, man. She, legit. She was saying in her story like, hey, these people saw me roughing it out here. And gave me literally the clothes off their back to help her get through the rest of that race. And that's what it's about, dude. It really is. So, then I mean, you know, transitioning just a little bit. I mean, we saw the exact same thing out there at 307. We did. We saw people out there running a race against each other and against themselves and competing. Don't get me wrong. There was some stout competition, but we saw people supporting people out there on the trail. And we saw the three of seven project team, Chad, Wright, Chili, Brooke, Blake, Blake cornbread, cornbread, all them just mm-hmm. out there, man. From the moment we rolled up to the site, just positive, encouraging, smiling, happy to see us loving being there. And just the most humble and down to earth individuals that you could ever have sitting there just being a light out there at that race oh absolutely i mean just being truly just so genuine and you know the the 307 team you know i mean they're they're just so um i don't know man just like so like true good authentic people oh yeah but it wasn't just them out there at this race but it's literally Everybody else is out there too, you know, at, at events like this, um, you know, it typically attracts a lot of the same, same minded individuals. And, you know, I got to, I mean, I know that we both got to meet quite a few different people out there, man. And <clears throat> whether they're on the first, the first form team, I'm sorry, dude, <clears throat> whether they're on the first form team, um, cause they were out there too. Um, to, to, you know, just friends of theirs in the area in general. Like, I mean, you know, I was talking to, to Caleb and, and his dad, uh, you know, for a little while there. And I know that you met quite a few different folks out there. And I mean, dude, it was just inspirational, man. Truly. Yeah, it, it really was, dude. And, and they call that the body of the three of seven. And, and if there was ever a goal for us to strive for, to have to have a connected group of individuals. And, and Chad said something on the podcast this past week. He had a group of friends out there with him. He knew over half the people out there. And by the end of it, you can guarantee he knew the rest of them, man. He just, they were there spending time, genuine, honest, just raw and true kind of people. And, and wanting to build that community and and have a group of individuals that are next level when it comes to caring about people, trying their hardest, just trying to complete themselves as a three of seven mission talks about. And I mean, you know, I don't know if like, if you've never been at one of these races, like as a race director or even, you know, over there helping out um, an aid station or whatever it may be like, shooting photos like there's so much stuff going on but every single person out there i mean dude even their volunteers they're out there um you know talking with us seeing how we're doing truly getting to know who we are and and you know i just it it speaks volumes for literally everybody that was out there and i mean you know i know that i saw tons of people helping each other out on the trail Oh yeah. There's people helping me. I was helping people. 
Um, dude, it was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was just truly a phenomenal experience to say the least. Yeah. And to speak to that, there was one specific event that I, that happened out there that made me kind of really smile and then reflect on it. There was a group of us leaders that were, I say leaders, we, we were in the mm-hmm. top end of the, of the race. I I'd hung up there with those guys for a long time and it was pretty early in the race uh, and it was competitive still. So we were all pushing each other and running hard and, and going and we came around a bend and there was this gentleman, I guess he was hearing impaired and he had lost piece, a piece of his, uh, hearing aid of his hearing aid yeah yeah it was, it was a little clear piece that. man so yeah. it was like looking for a needle in a in a stack of needles pretty much out there is what it felt like yeah and we uh we didn't end up finding it but in the middle of a competitive race where there's 500 dollars on the line for the winner a huge group of us that were towards the front of this thing stopped for a good five to ten minutes and sat there just searching left and right. Nobody was belly aching. Nobody was upset. Nobody was worried about taking off again. We were all just sitting there, digging through the gravel, looking for this thing, trying to help this kid out because everyone there, and, and there's probably 10 or 12 of us by the time it was said and done looking for this dang thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone that was there realized that we were there for something a lot bigger than just trying to go up and win this race or take $500 home or, or whatever it might be, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and whenever you really think about it, I think the winner came in about 20-something minutes ahead of, of me, so minutes matter, you know? Yeah. But it, it was bigger than that, and that was the oh, theme yeah. of this entire race, in my opinion. Yeah, man, and I mean, you know, on my side of it, you know, there's a – there's, you know, people first, let me backtrack a little bit. One, dude, that's a dang hill that we went up. <laughs> it that was. was a dang hill, man. We learned what some true elevation was, which was a nice change of pace. You know, it exposed a lot of things and, and made me realize kind of where I truly stood. Um, you know, both good and the bad on, on the training side of things, right? For sure. But, I mean, man – we're all dying going up that hill. Yeah. And you'd see people helping pull each other up. There's a dude walking backwards up the hill that was cramping, needing some water. And, you know, we're all there to help that fella out. And, I mean, it, it was just, uh, I don't know, man. It, it's just neat getting to see cool stuff like that. You know, I feel like in, experiences like that are so valuable, right? Because in our day-to-day life, we have our routines. We wake up, go work out, or you wake up, eat breakfast, head into work, come home, eat dinner, and you do it all over again. Yeah. And so the opportunity to, to see and be a part of stuff like that, unless you're being super, super intentional, uh, doesn't come by often. <clears throat> and so just, just getting out there and, and getting to see that, dude. Um it impacts you on a on a pretty pretty deep level. It does. It man, it it really does and it was cool. It was a it was an awesome weekend and that's that's what what we're really talking about with coming back mentally and, and emotionally refreshed, man, just feeling awesome. Absolutely, dude. I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, I I have so many more friends just you know, people that we got to meet out there. Um, the connections that we made and, and, you know, stuff that hopefully come down the pipeline in the future, just from getting to meet some of these awesome people. I mean, that is life changing for me at least. 
Yeah, amen. No, I, I feel the same. And talking to Dad on the way back for I don't know about sixteen hours or so, <laughs> we uh, we all three of us share that same feeling. I think. Yeah. And and it just <clears throat> it was a phenomenal event from that standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I mean, since we are talking about the race a little bit, you know, we do have a competitive side as well. We do. Um, do you want, you want to break out the course a little bit and explain it? I know you talked about a big old hill, but the the logistics of it yeah man were we were set times you could select four hours six hours or eight hours to run mm-hmm. and you run a four mile loop as many times as you can in that time period mm-hmm. and whoever runs the furthest wins if there's a tie in the distance it's whoever run that distance fastest yeah is the winner so so what was what was your goal again? You were shooting for forty miles. I was right? shooting for forty miles out there, um, not knowing much about the course, knowing there was a, a decent hill in there somewhere, but but not realizing what it was. Um, what the true extent of it was. Co- correct. <laughs> what was your goal out there, brother? Man, so I had a goal of uh of sixteen sixteen miles or, or four loops out of, in my four hours. So there you go. And yep. and to give you a little bit of info on the hill, folks. Um, what this looked like was essentially you start at this aid station by the lake mm-hmm. and then you run out and you're on flat for maybe a mile, roughly. It's a mile. Yeah. It's rolling just, hills. Just shy. Of, yeah. I mean. Flat for Georgia. Flat. North, yeah, north, northwest it's Georgia. It's not like flat land over here. but No, we can we can run for days and never find a hill. <laughs> but but um yeah, you run about a mile and then you start climbing and it's about a mile of climbing or so and then yep. it's about a mile back down and then kind of flattens out for another mile or so roughly. So Yeah, I mean, it was all broken down uh pretty much by by miles. I, I feel like that was pretty spot on. Yeah. Um so I mean, it, you know, starting off is just easy. You know, you're like, "Oh, we're just saying too bad yet. What's one small little rolling hill right here?" Right? So we all jet on out of there man and and dude <laughs> that first lap up that up that sucker was a huge surprise <laughs> oh yeah no it it was a shock for me as well and absolutely you grab nine i've calculated out on, on my elevation at least 911 feet uh, up and about 911 back down yeah so in the course of two miles you're going 900 up and and then other two miles are the 900 down yeah so that's a lot yeah yeah i mean it was a you know i i didn't know what to expect but um you know it got me (laughs) yeah i understand completely well i will say lap two for me i'll let you do talk more about it too for lap one but lap two for me was kind of a little bit more peaceful i don't know if it was worse Mm -hmm. like i was expecting it to be a lot worse than it was for the second time and I got to the top a lot faster than I expected in there, and, and it was a kind of a relief in some ways. But let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Do you use your uh, your luckies on the uh, first lap? I broke my trekking poles out the first lap and never put them away. Yeah, I don't blame you. I kept them the entire time. Dude, now, <laughs> my first lap, son, I was doubled over, calves burning, lower back burning, mm-hmm. hands pushing off of my thighs going up that that hill that first time. And I was like, dude, I got some pretty intense leg days in the gym and going up that sucker once and coming down that dude, 
Got me. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I I completely understand what you mean, man. We uh oh, looks like we lost one of the cameras. I think it's your yeah, it's your phone over here. But we'll get to that in a second. Um yeah, I completely understand, brother. It's uh it was kind of an adventure on the first way up just because uh I broke out the trekking poles and I was like, Okay, I shouldn't have had to do this yet, but hey, we're gonna we're gonna give it a shot and just see how it goes and everything and then on the downhill I wanted to use the trekking poles as an assist as well. Mm-hmm. And uh and then sure enough, yeah, they just didn't go away. Um and I saw you you found the Lord's <laughs> trekking poles out hey, there. I found the all natural trekking poles, dude. I uh you know I knew going back up that sucker, I was like, I got to get something to help me. So once I came back around on that, uh, after that first loop, man, I was out there and, and, um, I was on the hunt, man, straight up on the hunt, just looking. And, uh, you know, luckily I found a, I found a, a pole per se. And, um, you know, Yelled on up that sucker and never, never dropped him after that. Well, that's, uh, man, I, uh, I get that, man. By the time we got done with that race, cause it, like I said, there was a four six and the eight hours. So the four hour people, everybody started at the same time, the four hours timed out and then the, uh, crowdedness of the trail got a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. It was a lot less people on the course, obviously. And then after a while, the six hour faded out. And then the eight hours were the only ones left. And by the time we were down to just the eight hours, you could have built a bonfire with all of the limbs and branches that people had broken (laughs) off or grabbed and turned into trekking poles and left at the top of the hill once they got done climbing that sucker. (laughs) There's people that would go find branches every single lap, new ones, and get up there and grab them. No, mine were my best friend. As a matter of fact... I, I was carrying them to the car whenever we were leaving. It's like, this is going to be a memory and go up on the wall as a as a reminder of where I came from type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, nah, it, it'll be okay. <laughs> you can leave them here in Georgia. Less That's than old boys in northwest Georgia. <laughs> man, maybe they'll be there for you next year when you go back. Cause, hey, uh, maybe. They, they're, they're freaking, they're perfect, man. I mean, I straight up and down. No kickouts or nothing. They're smooth by the time I was done with them. So <laughs> <laughs> you get you some tape for the top end of them next year, man. Maybe. So Well well, we talked about the race. We talked about the hill a little bit, the logistics of it all. How did your race go and did you hit your goal? Yeah, man. Um, you know, I was uh I went into it again, you know, we kinda talked about it last time. This is a solid training run for me. Um, you know, my coach and I, we, we discussed, you know, I was going out there to hit 13 miles and I don't know if he like purposely put it just over three laps. Cause like I, I got to hit at least three laps for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew I was like, I mean, if I'm going to hit three, then I'm going to come around and, and there's no reason to not try to hit four. I mean, that's what we're out here to do. Kind of see, kind of see where we're at and, and, um, yeah, brother. So I got out there, I hit four laps and, um, you know, I came around third lap. I had, uh, I had just a hair over an hour to hit my fourth lap. And so got on and, um, 
did the dang thing, dude. I mean, I just kept on trucking. There was nothing else to do, so. Yeah. Knocked it out. I was pretty, I was pretty dang excited to see where, where I was and how I was able to, to perform. Um, you know, again, I, I didn't really know where I stood with everything and, you know, we do a bunch of zone two training and everything else. And my heart rate, you know, obviously shot up quite a bit going up the hill, but I recovered super well coming on down the backside, you know, going up, I'd sit in one eighties, <laughs> <laughs> just like I'm sure, you know, quite a few other folks out there, but oh, a hundred percent, um, coming back down and, and throughout everywhere else on the course, I sit in one fifties, one sixties. So I, I really can't complain about that. No, um, not at all. The biggest takeaway for me was, you know, how different it, it's obvious, but like how different it was being on this side of it. You know, I'd come in probably, you know, a quarter of a mile out from the aid station, but like, all right, I need to make sure I have this, this, and this before I leave again. And every single lap, I would have, I, I forgot something. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, you get up, you're going, heat of the moment, you're just like, perfect i got this and this good to go but every time i'd, I'd get out there's like dang dude i freaking forgot this or i forgot that and the biggest thing that i forgot was salt tabs <laughs> which turned out to be an issue um in the third lap so <laughs> catch a few cramps out there or what man a little bit a little bit um my uh dude my quads were blown um but the uh but the teardrop on my on my right side was was cramping pretty pretty solidly, and then I had some some growing issues a little bit, um, but we just kept on going, man. And and again, I mean, I'm I'm just thankful that I was able to to knock out my goal. So I came in at like three three hours and fifty six minutes, I think. So just shy of four hours. Oh, so you were right on the dot pretty much for yeah getting it done. That's awesome, yeah. man. Long winded answer, but yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's exactly what I was hoping for, brother. Something something to break down how the race was for you and and hitting your goal. And yeah. now you talked about the uphills, but what about the downhills? How were the downhills for you? Did they end up being kind of brutal on you at all? Or did they take a toll? You said your quads were cramping. That's usually where that ends up coming from. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, my quads were blown. Um, by lap two. <laughs> oh, yeah. By lap two. But it's, it's kind of one of those things. I mean, I know I had to take advantage of going downhill because of how much time it was taking to go that second mile. I mean, that second mile is averaging going up the hill about 19, 20 minutes or so. Sure. Um, and so coming back down, you know, I was stretching it out a little bit. Um, I stretched it out a little too far on my third lap. Um, I think it was my third lap. And I ended up actually falling, um, but got up and, and kept on going. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, it's just one of those things. I feel like a, there's a lot of people that are hesitant to kind of stretch out. Now, I wasn't moving like you were down, <laughs> down those. I mean, I try to be a downhill fiend, man. <laughs> You're so, yeah. downhill freight train is what you are. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> I paid for it, too. Um, but, you know. For the most part, dude. I mean, i I just tried to, I just tried to stick to the plan. You know, I was gonna obviously I had to walk up the the major hill. I was gonna hammer it down on the downhill as best as I could, and then just making sure I was running the flats where I could as well. And so it panned out for me, and it went uh, better than I expected. So 
There you go. Man, that's all you can ask for, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And then along the way, made some good connections, got some got some awesome opportunities with some cool people. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, um, but what about you? I mean, what what were some of the bigger things that, that you took away from, from this uh, race on the on like the strategic side of things? Sure. Absolutely, man. Uh, well, first and foremost, I missed my goal by one lap. Mm-hmm. Um, if I would have hit my goal, I would have actually ended up winning the event. Um, ended up sixth overall, ran the same distance as the winner. Uh, but like I said, came in about 20 minutes behind them. And then there was about four people between him and myself. Um, so pretty happy with that. Uh, I think there was close to roughly 80 people in my event. Mm-hmm. So six out of 80 is a, a good feeling with a competitive crowd like that. Yeah, um, in a in an unknown place. Yeah, absolutely, and and yeah, unknown environment, something we're not used to with that much elevation. Now, so I think I was looking at too, you know, those 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 fellows that were ahead of you. I mean, I knew that there was a, a guy from Georgia in there. There was a guy from Missouri in there, and and a few others that were kind of more familiar with with all the elevation that we don't necessarily have. For sure. Um, Absolutely. And, and strategically, I think I've been spending a lot of time at a power line trail over here that's got a lot more elevation. Over the course of about four miles or four and a half miles, you can get 700 feet or so. So it's it's not terribly uncomparable to what we went through, uh, just versus... Just spread out a lot longer. Correct. Just yeah. spread out a lot more ups and down and rolling hills versus that one big hill climb and then back yeah. down. Um, so yeah. Got around on that on that first loop, started out strong, felt good. My heart rate was actually under control for me, which is something that's super, super rare in an event like this. Um, got out there, felt really good going around that first lap, cruising with people, trying to stick in the pack where I could uh, keep myself on the top end if, if needed to be. But being smart enough to realize we started going uphill and back off the throttle. Um took out the trekking poles, got a feel for the hill the first time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, realized that, man... Realize again, I had to change my mindset of, of man, holy smokes, I got to go up this hill like to hit my goal nine more times. Yeah. And then realizing to flip that switch and be like, no, nah, I get to. I, somebody owns this hill and it's not me and I get to borrow it for today. So, man, thank mm-hmm. the Lord for that, you know. Yeah. Something interesting that I meant to say earlier too, like that first time we went up, obviously – is a huge shock for all of I mean, for us at least, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe not everybody, Those but flat for lenders, us. Yeah. Um, but each time we went up, it, it got easier. And I don't know if it's just a mindset thing or if it, you know, going coming in the second time, it's like you knew what to expect. Third go around, it's like, all right, we're going to get up here. We're going to try and knock it out best we can. And then for me, at least, that fourth one is like, dude, this is your last time you're going up this sucker. You're going you're gonna to keep on hiking and, and make the most of it, so – yeah, and I will say it was a little bit different for me going a little longer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it did get easier towards those middle laps, but um, coming around lap six and seven in there and into sure eight, it, it got a little bit monotonous. Yeah. Uh, it was I really had to, to – Were to, you leaning into your, tro- your poles a little bit? Leaning yeah. into the poles hard and really had to – it was cool because at a couple points, Chad was sitting up on the hill yeah. most of the way up, and he was had a bullhorn, and he was yelling at all of us and oh, yeah. motivating yeah. us, and that was awesome. It was cool. Um, he even hiked the hill with Dad and, and yeah. a few other people too, so it, it was awesome to see that, and that kept you going. But towards the end of this thing, whenever it, it got a little bit more lonely, the, the crowd and the field thinned out as – race is finished it 
was a little bit crazy going up that sucker, but just having to keep that mindset and that gratitude approach to things and just mm-hmm. be like, man, I, this is why we came out here. I get to do these hills that I never get to do, right? So, Well, and it's funny, too. I feel like so often, you know, we train for, for events. You get out there, you're doing the event, and then you lose you lose sight of, like, why you're there while you're in the middle of the suck, right? Oh, yeah. But, you know, being able to take a step back and be like, nah, this is why we're here. This is this is my opportunity to go out there and do everything I can. And, I mean, that's just a huge mindset change. It's a big game changer. And, I mean, you can just – you get so much more out of opportunities like that whenever you're, you're able to take that step back. Like, no, this is this is literally – what I signed up for and what I wanted. So it is. And man, it's, it's such a reminder that I'm going to have to carry that mindset and that approach going into events like Cocodona too. And, and the longevity of that is going to be a super challenging thing because it goes from staying present and aware for an eight hour event to man, it could easily be 90 to a hundred hours of, of trying to do that come mm-hmm. May, you know? Oh yeah. So it, yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a challenge, and that was probably one of the biggest things I took away strategically. Um, since you asked that question, just the mindset and the approach going into it, and and a place of of gratitude and and positivity, man. I I think that I've told a few people this, but whenever you're out there and you're struggling, the best way to bring positivity back is to speak positivity into the world, mm-hmm. and that is people. That is whatever volunteers you see saying thank you to people, man, thank y'all so much for being out here and and setting this up and helping and organizing this race or seeing people running, man, you're doing a great job. Hey, keep going, keep pushing. Hey, we're almost to the top. Just keep grinding. Just come on, stick with me. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I experienced a little bit of that too. You know, I mean, there's definitely spots where I was struggling a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But whenever I'd shift the focus from, my issues or what I was dealing with to giving encouragement to whoever was next to me or behind me or in front of me. I mean, it, it instantly like just changes Then you're able to continue pushing just a little bit further. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And it, it was, it's cool. Even like, I'm not some kind of guru runner, ultimately experienced guy out there, but it was cool to share some knowledge with people too. Just little tips and tricks for the mental side, like mm-hmm. climbing that big old hill, what you can do to help try to get through it a little bit better, put your head down. Don't look at the top of that hill. Focus on where your next step's going. Yep. Drive them legs, shorten your strides a little bit, and just focus on the next step yep. over and over and over and over. And So staying present? Staying very present, yeah. Staying deliberate? In, in the hardest section <laughs> of that race, right? Staying yeah. patient. Yeah, doing doing right. all of those things <laughs> well. and Absolutely helping people do that even the people that were out there doing the four hour that that had no intention of doing more than just one or two laps of four Mm -hmm. to eight miles which there's people out there to do all kinds of different things to compete to go out there and say they were part of that to go be in the community right Mm -hmm. and and realizing that all of those are okay and everybody needs encouragement no matter which one they're doing yeah so living in that for me was awesome oh Um, yeah and and that whenever you put positivity into the world and into the cloud usually comes right back to you <laughs> it does and it feeds you man and it did exactly that yeah um now as far as a couple things i was dealing with going into the race a week before exactly a week before i'd rolled my ankle significantly mm-hmm. and uh it was jacked up mm-hmm. man um so i didn't run at all that like week. To, to what extent 
Like you just kind of rolled it or is like, no, this is a big strain that stopped me in my tracks running. Yeah. Killed my whole weekend and then made me take about a week off. Should have taken more days. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a bad one. It's still actually bothering me. I went out and hiked some yesterday and, and it was trying to roll on me a couple of times and give me a lot of pain. Um, but I strapped up my shoes, taped up real, real snug and everything and, and towed the line to see how it was going to go. I knew there was a chance I would get a lap in and, and have to stop, but I, I was blessed to have the opportunity to keep going. It didn't hurt until lap three. I was burning down the hill pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, there's different strategies. Everybody, whenever you're running and you're doing hills, it works differently for everybody. What you're strong with. Some people can run up hills like a freaking like cheetah. A goat. <laughs> yeah, like, like a mountain goat. That's, that's better. And just, just hammer it up the hills and be up just and going. Effortless. Yeah. yeah. I'm not that guy. I am the grinded out keep my heart rate down as low as I can, stay steady, control my breathing, and just do what I got to do to get up and over it. Because on the backside, you better get out of my way. I'm flying, okay? Oh, yeah. And uh, I know there's some other people that do that too, and there's faster people than me going downhill. But, man, I just – I love weren't you Weren't you at like a five-minute pace coming down that backside? Yeah, there was a couple times I was in the fives <laughs> coming downhill uh, for my miles pace in, in this 36-mile race, which which I love, man. I just – I think it's so fun to be out there in the technical stuff and, yeah. and picking through. And there wasn't a whole lot of roots on this thing, but there were some rocks, and there was a lot of tr- uh, leaves on the ground. I just said I appreciate the faith that you had in yourself to do that because uh, there's a few times man it's like okay yeah I, there ain't nobody in front of me I can stretch it out a little bit but dude I mean there there's leaves everywhere there's rocks everywhere mm-hmm. and if you weren't careful I mean you're gonna bust it and there's there ain't there's a almost a, a drop off oh it was coming off that single track trail coming down so yeah, it was. And, man, you say the faith I had. I just, just being a little bit more confident to pick through those things. Because before I started running or trail running or ultra running, that's what I loved. Like, we would go hiking, and mm-hmm. I'd just be hauling butt down a hill. And people would be like, stop, you're going to fall. You better be careful. But, man, I, I realize now as a little kid I was loving that, and now I'm getting to do it competitively. Now you get to live it. <laughs> exactly, right? And nobody can tell me no, stop, whatever. So. It's, it's an enthusiasm spot, and it's an enjoyment point. I love it, right? Yeah. So it's cool to see. And Now, on the third lap, like I said, it, it did bite me in the butt pretty good. I rolled my ankle again, mm-hmm. got down the hill, kind of – I changed my stride to where landing on my foot in a certain way would would cushion it kind to where it wasn't hurting. A little bit. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And uh, I would just switch it up, and I would get down to the bottom of the hill. And once I got there, I sat down – Oh, raised my shoe. Sorry, dog's going a little crazy over there if you hear it. But uh, raised my shoelaces up to that top notch to the heel lock, mm-hmm. tied it up snug, uh, took a couple Tylenol, and, man, got to work. Good to we, go. Yeah, yeah, busted it back out. And, and luckily my foot, uh, I don't know if it's the healthiest thing in the world, but by the last lap it was just about didn't feel anything on my right side. Uh, so I was I was good to go back to cruising, going yep. down them hills. Um, Heck yeah, dude. Lap two. I say that, but <laughs> well, yeah. Don't know if it's good or bad, but hey, we we did it, and it was an awesome experience. It showed me what I was able to push through and recover from in some yep. races at the minimum. You know, yep. coming off of lap two, uh, had a spot where I almost fell coming down the same kind of hill area. Mm-hmm. I was actually on the road on a on a pretty flat spot and open, and uh, down that that gravel road. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I caught a rock with my foot, a left foot, and 
there was there was nothing to catch me going down except my trekking pole jabbed into the ground, stuck under my rib cage and <laughs> nailed me, man. I felt like I got shot, <laughs> but luckily didn't break nothing. Didn't I hurt bet it nothing. made you go upright pretty quick. <laughs> it did, man. It stood me right up. It, it, it I wonder hurt. why. Dude, it was rough, but yeah. it kept me from, cause I was flying down the hill. Oh yeah. So it kept me from eating it bad. Yeah. Um, and that, that was okay. So I, I didn't have any injuries or lasting stuff from that. Didn't take the tumble. And, hey, we fired it back up and got after it, man. Um, yeah. Hammered it. And as the race thinned out, it was it was in my head a little bit more and battling a little bit more. But um, moving through that event, it there was a lot of good factors. The weather wasn't crazy. It was comfortable. Uh, it didn't really rain on us. The trail was in good condition. There's a lot of things to be thankful for and having to remind myself of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, just trying to be the positive light, getting into the aid station up top at the end of every lap and just being positive, talking to people, making sure I got stayed on my nutrition and hydration, had all my stuff filled up. Um, and then uh, coming off of a couple of these these spots towards the end of it, man, just like I said, speak visibly or uh, audibly speaking out loud to myself, climbing the hills, being like, I get to climb this hill. Yeah. I, the last lap, whenever I was going up, I was in so much pain and I was cramping like crazy. Yeah. Because I didn't stay on top of my stuff and I was hammering it a little bit harder than I should have probably for a training run. <laughs> shocker. Yeah. Shocker. <laughs> uh, but, um, man, I just literally every step I took, I was like, I get to climb this hill. I get to climb this hill just mm-hmm. over and over. And I probably sounded crazy, but it was doing something for me out there that otherwise I, I, I would have struggled a little bit more. I would have probably stopped and taken a couple breaks, but I really didn't. I, I maybe paused for, for a step worth of time and, and then hammered it right back on. Yeah. You know? So it's a good feeling. And, and like I said, came in um, with about 13 minutes left uh, before time expired. And I knew I wasn't going to get enough time to go out for the last loop to hit 40. So came back in and just shook some hands, celebrated with some people, celebrated with y'all and, and cheered some runners in as they came in and spilled that positivity back in. And man, just, Amazing event, amazing people, dude. I mean, I don't know, man. There's some incredible people out there on the trails. You know, I was listening to some of their stories and getting to meet some of these different people, man. And I mean, there there's some there's a older guy out there that that had MS pretty bad trip, yeah. And um, you know, just his story alone is just incredible, man. I mean, I think it's it's a great example of you know, if he wanted to, he could take a step back and do nothing. Just be like, yeah, I, I have this issue. Just like many of us do, right? And and not do anything. But, I mean, dude, he's out there taking advantage of every single opportunity. And he may, I mean, he wasn't complaining about it to anybody. Like, he was out there living life and just getting after it. Yeah, I, I he was he was a guy I passed him. I tell him, man, you're doing a great job, and he just spit it right back at me. Oh yeah, yeah, he was super positive. Always, always just a really good light out there on the course, man. Oh and, yeah, I mean that, and that's just one example. I mean, there's just incredible people out there. Oh yeah, and he ended up doing. I think finished his three loops, got 12 miles in. It was the longest he'd ever, yeah, hiked or, or ran. Ran, uh, yeah. It was amazing, and. Man, it was just cool seeing that community as he came in, too, just going nuts for him, mm-hmm. you know? Man. But, yeah, that was that was a race in a nutshell, man. 
man, it was, uh, that was again, just, just a special, special moment to, to get to be a part of. So it's a big blessing. Um, and you know, and on the other side of that too, just, just getting out of this area and getting to go see just beautiful country and seeing what, what God has out there. You know what I mean? I mean, oh, yeah. just absolutely beautiful going out there and, and seeing everything out there. It was just, um, it was awesome. So I, it genuinely was, it was now it was, Louisiana, a little different, but uh, them, <laughs> them roads alone in Louisiana make me just, man, uh, cringe. All right. But man, I yeah, here Georgia, I I can get behind it, man. I, oh, I dig yeah. Georgia. Oh yeah, it is it is that was a good one. Not to mention, we will be trying to franchise Provino's Italian restaurant over here pretty soon. <laughs> man, that sucker! Oh my god! Replacing Sunnies or hey, <laughs> I, I, coming for you, brother. We we that place is amazing. We've had it twice now. I had it first time I went out and. The tradition of going to this race every single year will be coupled with the tradition of going to Provino's every single year. I guarantee. Hey, dude, them garlic knots. Yeah, they so slap, good. man. They're so good. I'll I'll happily eat eat myself to death on those. Oh yeah, if there was one of them in in the neighborhood over here, I'd probably weigh. 235 pounds again you know be back to our old days that's right man (laughs) honestly quality of life would be all right i'd be okay with it (laughs) oh man dang man well i think one of the neatest things out there is you know obviously we're all out there pushing ourselves physically we're all pushing ourselves mentally but the biggest thing about getting to be out there was being surrounded by so many like-minded individuals that are also walking through this journey with God, this journey with with Jesus and and diving into Scripture. There's lots of folks out there talking about it. I was talking talking about it with with some different people out there too, man, and it was pretty dang cool. Um, It was. It's pretty dang cool, and and you know, I was talking to some some different people out there about you know what we're doing, and, and kind of diving into into Matthew six, Matthew seven, and Matthew seven, man, it is is, I feel like we say this with literally every chapter, but it there's there's some highlights in here, man, that that are just so vital, right? Yeah, you know, right off the bat. Judging and hypocrisy. <laughs> yeah, man. You want to talk about areas that, that are super relevant Yeah, in my life. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, dude, brother, in everybody's life. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, going going right off the bat, you know, judge not um, that ye be not judged. Uh, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged, and with what uh, measure um, you might, it shall be measured to you again. So essentially, just going in there and saying, you know, obviously, do not judge those, but for um, how you're judging others is how you will be judged, right? Oh yeah. And if that's not if that doesn't make you take a step back, then I don't know what will. And there's been many instances, I mean, even even in, in our fresh young walk that we're doing right now, right? 
and, and coming off of that sounded weird. <laughs> I was gonna say you're rapping over there or something. <laughs> fresh young walk. That's right. <laughs> this fresh, um, you know, walk that that we're in, and and you know, even still being surrounded by so many, um, you know, people and things that that dive into scripture and and God and everything. Like I still find it like how often I'm starting to realize how. I'm doing these things, I guess. It's like becoming so apparent. And it kind of dies back into the discussion we had, you know, two, three weeks ago. It's like, why why do we continue to do these things? But I think, you know, now that we're able to start realizing or I'm able to start realizing, it's like, oh, hey, this is an area of opportunity. You're continually judging somebody for this by probably a harsh measure, right? And... I mean, how, how would you feel if somebody was doing that to you? Oh, a hundred percent. No, I think that's, that's exactly right. And I mean, we're, we'll get to it a little bit further with the golden rule and everything like that, but mm-hmm. treating others, how, how you want to be treated. treated. And yeah. man, we, we persecute other people for what we see in them. And, and some of it, honestly, I, I mean, in my case as well, there, there was things, the, the log in my eye was, causing me to be aggressive towards others for their spec, right? We continue on to on to the other verses where we talk about and why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own. That's verse three of chapter seven here. But but being so blinded by that log in my own eye and and trying to ignore it so hard, but realizing that I needed to address it caused me to to be more judgmental, more aggressive, and and more vigilant in pointing out the flaws in other people, and yeah. and being so critical of others. And that was a realization that smacked me in the face. I think something that was so relatable to me was I, I was going through a study on on this specific section, and it was saying you know those things that you so consistently judge others so harshly on a lot of times are the exact same flaws that you consistently see in yourself and you're projecting those out on others. I can, I can wear that jacket, put on that t-shirt every day of the week, dude. That's, and yeah, whenever again, man, I mean, I think so much of this is just being able to realize where all of the opportunities are within our walk and, and, and our, in our, um, growth as we go through this right is just being able to to realize and, and see and you know I, I think now that we're able to start seeing these it, it makes you conscientious and you're like well dang here's another here's another area where i can i can how how is it that i can like change my mindset around this like what's something i can do different in this specific situation or how can i prevent this this way of thought just in general no, that's a, I mean, that's a great question to take out of it and, and try to study on and, and grow with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think one of the dangers of this whole situation too, and, and reading and studying and, and listening to a different couple of different conversations around uh, this specific set of verses here uh, with not judging others, it's the more that we blind ourselves or, or turn away from our own log, the, the easier it is for us to ignore it and keep moving down that path to 
Uh, I know I'm shifting gears a little bit, but I just thought no, of that too. It, yeah. It's really, it's really easy. The more time we spend hiding from ourselves and who we are, the bigger that situation, the bigger the story gets, the more, the more things that come into play and, and are potentially setting you on a course for self-destruction in a lot of ways, right? Or, or for you to at least have a situation in your life where reconciliation for those things, repentance for those things looks a lot differently and is much more involved and harder than this specific beginning where you could start and, and, and fixing your problem early and then addressing others as we're taught in scripture mm-hmm. would be a much less destructive path for that. I yeah. guess is, is what I'm trying to trying to put into perspective or words here. Um, and that was something that hit me, hit me really hard and, and, not to jet ahead, but going down to verse six, you you hear it said here, don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls, then turn and attack you. And I know it says a little bit different probably in, in other yeah. versions of the Bible, but I mean, to me, that almost sounded like a direct con- contradiction, right? How, how am I able to sit here and judge someone else and know who's, who's swine and who's not worthy of wasting my time on basically right and if i'm not going to judge them but it's more than that man it's practicing some discernment and understanding what's open and and what hearts are are available to it and putting your efforts forward into a spot where it's really worthwhile to spend that time yeah precisely and i think you know it doesn't negate the fact of you know what our duty is right is to continue um sharing the gospel right but it's using discernment, knowing, you know, when it's falling on deaf ears and, you know, how, how it is that they take that information, you know, that's not for us to judge, but we are to continue spreading the word. And so, yeah. Yeah. Love, loving everybody regardless of it, but yeah. knowing where our time is best spent as well. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, moving Absolutely. from, from there to effective prayer, um, some pretty, pretty important things there. I mean, it's famous, famous area of the Bible. Whenever you start to talking about things there, the ask, seek and knock, you know, and going into verse seven through 10 here, just keep on asking. You will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find, keep on knocking and the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks receives everyone who seeks finds and the people who knock are in to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. And then it talks about giving good gifts and how we're sinful and we give good gifts and we know how to differentiate between giving a snake instead of a fish or, or a stone instead of bread. And if we know that and we're evil and sinful people, the Lord is obviously going to be capable of so, so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that kind of really made me made me have to take a step back. And I spent a lot of time studying this and pulling from other other studies and things like that and and... Because how many times, just sitting here point blank listening to this podcast, there's probably somebody thinking, man, I, I've asked so many times. I've asked for a sign. I've asked for God to do this in my life. I've asked for Jesus to be present, to reveal himself to me, to, to give me that sign so I can actually finally come to terms with this and understand and start a relationship with God. And, and I say that because I was there. I lived that so often, man. I mean, I, I mean, shoot, man, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't there with certain things now. 
right? It, it, exactly. I mean, still living in that. And, <laughs> yeah. and you ask and you ask and you ask and and here you're promised that you will receive, right? So so it's easy to get caught up in the in the man. I I'm asking. I should be receiving. I I I'm seeking. I should be finding. I'm knocking. I should just doors that aren't opening. I just keep banging on these doors, but I think that's the importance of those next verses where it says, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? It's so important because it says we'll receive, but it doesn't say what. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say that we'll get exactly what we're asking for every single time, exactly when we're asking for it. What it does say, however, is that we will receive. That means that the Lord God is a good father. He's a good parent. He's not going to give us something that's going to harm us. If we want something, uh, there was an analogy put into perspective by uh, Kevin Flowers, pastor down here for ACC. And he said, as parents, we want to give our kids what they want. But our kids often want candy for dinner. And as a good parent, we're not going to give them candy for dinner. We're going to give them something nutritionally, yeah, valuable, (laughs) something serving of them, right? Something that they need in order to progress because we know the difference. They're asking for food because they're hungry and they have to eat to survive. And we understand that, but we can't give them everything that they need, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, for me, something that stuck out within that section itself was just in verse seven specifically. Um, is the is the seeking part, you know? Because I feel like so often we are continually looking for such a huge sign or, or whatever it may be, and we're looking, we're looking, we're looking, but we forget that we also have to be patient within. That, I forget that a lot. <laughs> within that 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 season or, or whatever it is that you're going through, right? And so that's part of it, man. I mean, we all have different seasons and we all have different things that we're looking for, but we don't we don't know what it is that that he has lined out for us. And what we're looking for could be a huge detriment to whatever it is that that we're trying to get, you know what I mean? And so I don't know, man. For me, it's just making sure that, that we're being intentional with the process itself of seeking. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's really important too. And I there's a there's a story that kind of highlights this. I was I've been reading through the Old Testament as well mm-hmm. in the book of Exodus and, and Moses dealing with Pharaoh and trying to get the uh um his people and uh, all the uh Man, what's I don't know why I'm drawing blank on the, no, on the words good. here, but you know better than I do. He's trying to reason, <laughs> leave the Israelites out of uh, Egypt. That's okay. what I'm trying to yeah. say here, and he's trying to lead the Exodus, right? He's trying to get the Pharaoh to release him, and and God keeps hardening Pharaoh's heart. So to me, sitting there reading, I'm like, why is God doing that? Mm-hmm. Why is God hardening Pharaoh's heart over and over and over? Wouldn't it just be easier to change Pharaoh's mind and move on, mm-hmm. right? The exodus could happen now rather than after all these plagues, after all these events and things like that. But the truth of the matter is there's a process, there's a plan, there's something bigger, and there's a point to everything that he does. The plagues and all these these huge acts that are 
done that show God's power and show his ability and that he is the one true God and that the Israelites need to be able to leave to worship him and that Moses is guiding them and he's a speaker that talks to God. That is all so important because by the time they get to the end and they actually are able to make the exodus and Pharaoh approves them to leave, actually kicks them out, essentially. Hmm. They had to go through all that because the Israelites were given things by the Egyptians that helped them go out. They were not harassed by the Egyptians because gotcha. the Egyptians understood God's plan, God's wrath, God's power. So it was setting up this just this situation where it checked all of the boxes. Yeah. It cleared the path. It cleared the resistance. And it made a way that wasn't going to change or just be easily thrown away, mm -hmm. right? Whereas if it would have just been changing the heart, all the Egyptians probably would have been like, well, what the heck? Why is this happening? We can't do that. We're not going to give them anything. We're not going to help anyone. We're not going to be happy with them leaving. Those are the slaves. They're the ones that build everything. They're the ones that, that are helping the society run, right? There was a bigger plan oh, yeah. to it, Yeah, if that makes sense. And that, that struck me that we were studying seven and I read that at the time and I was like, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. And I mean, you know, a lot of that too really ties into that next section of, you know, the straight and wide gates. Oh yeah. Um, you know, for me, you know, it, we've all heard, you know, narrow is the path to, how's it go? Narrow is the path to, um. No, I don't know, man. My, my narrow is the is the path to salvation, or there's wide as the gates to hell, or something like that. Yeah, right? essentially, right. You can uh, tell we're a little new, both of us. Are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, it it just speaks volumes of like, I I, I don't know. I guess there's two perspectives that that I just kind of came came to mind just now. So you can look at it as like, well, dang. I mean, I got a narrow, straight, hard path ahead of me, and it's going to be a dang tough journey, right? Flip side of that, though, it's like, whew, I have a clear way. <laughs> it's not a highway, but it is a clear, concise, precise way of getting to where we're trying to go, which is obviously heaven. And um, I don't know, man. It, you know, to me, it's just, Temptation is in and all around us in everything that we see and do. But as you continually progress and in, 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 as we continue to, to walk on this path and this journey, it, it becomes easier to stay away from all of those negative things and stay truer on that straight and narrow path per se. I agree. I think I think there's some really good points that you, you made there. And I, I like the perspective that you brought in and that kind of kind of a double edged sword that you presented there, right? I just I feel like it's always just a, a dang negative like, oh it's a straight and narrow path. Like there well, ain't no way I'm gonna be able to walk that sucker. You know what I mean? I I feel like it is too and and 
an analogy popped in my head for this whole thing whenever I read it. Hit me with it. And I, I might bore all of y'all to death. So for those of y'all that don't know. Is some D&D stuff? Oh, no. No Dungeons okay. & Dragons here, buddy. But that's a good point. We get into a lot of different things because that's Dungeons & Dragons he's talking about. But this is a cowboy analogy. That's what I'm talking about. For those of y'all that don't know, Lane and I met each other because I was a foreman on a ranch. He came in as an intern. He worked cattle with us, uh, cut hay, sprayed pastures. Man, we did a lot of stuff that summer, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a it was a really really awesome experience, and that's where we grew close together, and and that's actually where you ended up meeting your wife, and unknowingly, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of tater tot casserole in them days, a whole lot. We got to break some of that out here pretty soon. That would be a perfect post race meal. I'm down with it. <laughs> we need to make that happen. Yes, I agree. Back back to the analogy before I get too far <laughs> left field. But for reminiscing. <laughs> all right. So this is what I thought about. Back in the days we were working cattle. So all of the cattle come in to the pens. Yeah. Right? And they're meant to be worked. Yeah. And whenever you're pushing cows around, and for those of y'all that don't know anything about cattle, whenever you're pushing cattle around, the easiest way to get them to go someplace is to leave a wide, open, easy to get to path. Mm. Mm. You have a gate that's wide open and there's a wide open pasture out there that they know about. They came from into the pens. So they see all these different directions, these easy paths. What is seemingly the best thing for them to do for their safety It's the most comfortable place for them to be. However, as a rancher, God in this scenario, as a rancher, as a caretaker of this herd, the herd is us, by the way, the rancher knows that he must work them through the next gate that leads into the alley, which is a smaller Mm. path. And they head up into the alley, into the pan, right there on the backside of the chute and they're pushed through the chute and the whole time they're going narrower and narrower and narrower. Yeah. And the rancher, the caretaker knows that the best path for the cows for a long and healthy life is to go down that chute to get the vaccines, to get the care, to get everything that they need to get checked out and make sure that they are good and healthy enough to lead a productive and valuable life. Now, the cows thinking the whole time, all they want to do is they want to either stay in the pens in the corner or get out of that sucker. Mm -hmm. As fast as they can. As fast as they can. Yep. But there are some old cows that start to understand the plan, and they start to just move through the chute. Yep. Now, there's others that go completely bonkers and jump fences and end up other places, right? The cell barn. Or <laughs> That's right. And that was another point I wrote down was was they get hung up in these same old pins and, and eventually they fight it and fight it and fight it long enough and they jump enough gates and they work their way off of that narrow path enough to where they either end up in the same old pin living where they always were or reprobate minds, the rancher ends up deciding that, you know, tried and tried and tried and this cow's completely turned its back on me over and over and over it's not working on the plan maybe i need to focus on the others a little bit more and not that one and it ends up at the packing plant or sold yeah luckily 
luckily the you know God's got a little bit more grace than than us folks do with some bad cattle. But yeah, we we do, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, there's dude, a lot more mercy. But but the analogy, the analogy is absolutely spot on, hundred percent. It's it. I thought about it when we were in there, man, because because all they're wanting to do is get out of them pens. Yeah. That they gotta walk to get to where they need to go to live the best and healthiest life, regardless of how you feel about animal rights, ranching, whatever this is. Just the facts of agriculture. I, we both have agricultural degrees. The facts of agriculture is the healthiest thing for that cow to do is to go down that narrow path into that chute and eventually end up where they're supposed to end up. Mm-hmm. Greener pastures. Yeah. Dang. That was a. I, I mean, I think that uh, the nails ahead, man. You, Hit the nail on the head. Sorry, <laughs> nails the head. Yeah, got, got you flustered <laughs> over there, big dog. No, but yeah. I mean, dude, I mean, it's it's so true though. I mean, you know, with, with with literally every every bit of it, man. I mean, I don't know. It man, it just it hit me hard because it's like I I spend so much time the same thing you do, like right living in the negative of man, like how in the world if that if I've got to take myself and put myself through this narrow gate. And that's the path I've got to walk to get to where I want to go. I might as well give up. Then nah, I ain't gonna be about it. Yeah, ain't no ain't no reason to ever try to get there because we ain't gonna make it. Yeah. But perspective like this and understanding that there's a little bit more going on. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit more behind the scenes that my bullhead can't comprehend. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I think it's apparent in so many different things too. So yeah. I don't know. Like it's just easy to recognize it in one aspect or area of our life, and then you key in on it. And you're like, okay, perfect. We're gonna start working on this, and then two, three days, maybe weeks or months later, it's like, dang. Though I got through that specific thing, here it is over here. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. And, and I guarantee, you know, it's gonna be a, a never-ending cycle of just continual progress and, and work. I mean, as it should be, right? It's never going to be easy. For sure. Because if it is easy, then you're not making any progress and, and you're probably going to be complacent at some point. Right? Well, yeah, it's like climbing that hill. Absolutely. And so um, just being able to to realize it, right, and, and just have patience through all that and be um, persistent in, in everything that we do. So. Yeah. No, man, I – I 100% agree, and not to backtrack on us a little bit, I just to touch on the golden rule right quick, man, at, there in verse 12, talking about do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. And then jumping over to Galatians chapter 5, verse 14, for the whole law can be summed up in this one commandment, love your neighbors as yourself. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's, to me, that, that just, it makes sense. Right. It makes sense, especially whenever you're just surrounded by, or whenever you're in the situations that we were this past weekend, or that maybe Ashley was part of out there at Outlaw 100, right? Whenever, yeah. you know, folks are out there just loving each other, giving each other grace, understanding that there's so much more out there than just what they have going on. Um, it just makes that experience, I mean, just that much better and, and just an impactful moment. Yeah. So. Oh man, exactly. And, and push back up into, into the tree and its fruit over for verse like 17, man, 
Talk I, to me on that one. What you got? I, I'm I curious. Think, man, I think there's a lot that can be said for, for this. You know, it starting in verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to disguise as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? It talk about making sense in the golden rule, but this this is common sense, man. It, and it it's so much easier and simple here just looking at it because you know, we get tied up in these relationships in life and we get these friendships or these these things that we don't want to let go of, mm-hmm. right? Because it's what we've known. It's where we're comfortable. Yeah. And we have this skewed perception of people a lot of times that, no, this is a good guy. This is a good guy, man. I can hang out with him. Yeah, sure, he, he makes some choices that I might not agree with, but he's a good guy. Yeah. Man, that's my brother. I'm, I'm going to stick around with him. We've been together since we were in middle school, and I can't turn my back on him, but... When you really stop and reflect, the common sense part of this is what is the sum of his actions? Mm -hmm. What is the outcome? What is he left with? What is the fruit of his labor? Whenever he's making the decisions, living the life that he's living, what does his life show? Mm -hmm. Is it good fruit? Is it positivity? Is it things that are going to serve you or are you just blind and letting yourself be caught up in this relationship that you've been a part of for so long. Yeah. Right. So that's where it's common sense is, is if we step away from the emotions, if we step away from all the things that are drawing on us as humans here on earth, don't get me wrong. It's important to be emotional and it's important to handle things in certain ways that respect other people's emotions, we're, we're trying to treat people how people want to be treated. But as a respectful place, telling that person that that relationship is not serving for either one of y'all because common sense shows that the inputs and the energy that you're having to put in aren't bearing fruit that are serving you mm-hmm. or feeding you or sustaining you. Right. So to me, it's a lot of common sense there where it's like you identify people by their actions and by what those actions produce. Man, I I really love that you brought that up in that in that fashion, just because like. You know, for me, you know, I've I've lived literally all over Texas, like literally all over Texas. Yes. Um, For those that don't know, I think there's. 11 to 13 towns off the top of my head. I, I can't, I can't recall the exact number right now, but <laughs> a lot, right? I think, yeah. I think it's 11 schools from K through, through 12 or, or whatever. Right. And so, you know, through that journey and, and, you know, looking back at college and, and the friends that we had back then, and even, you know, some people I've met recently, right. It's, it's also realizing that, it's, I guess it's more so than just realizing, but also accepting that just like the the seasons of, of different areas that, that you're developing in your life, people are also in your life um, for different seasons. And just because you had such a close-knit relationship at one point doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be like that for forever. That's true. And at times it's hard to truly accept that. 
but if you're going through and, and you're continuing to to progress and 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 do everything that you can on your end and you know if you're trying to help that person then then great but if they don't want to be apt to it and they're going to continue doing their own thing you know hey maybe maybe it's the end of that season for that friendship it's not necessarily a bad thing whatsoever i mean it, it's all perspective right it is um but i don't know man while, while you're going through all that it's just something that came to mind and, and just realizing and it's something that i've been pondering on for a while is like just like everything else you know you also have seasons where individuals are brought into your life for a specific reason and then maybe for a specific reason you know they're no longer there and it's not a bad thing but it's just accepting that as well yeah i think that i think that another side of that is to note that that's not always easy right no absolutely not Sometimes i mean that sucks, so dude. so much easier said than done yeah absolutely yeah you know i've had the pleasure of getting to meet hundreds of people all across texas you know due to you know my background and everything else but you know in all those years you know i've had some super close friendships that you know not intentionally but they, they do die off right um and there has been some in the past where very intentionally I had to cut it off for whatever reason, right? Sure. Um, and it's always easier said than done. But if there is no good fruit there and you can acknowledge that, then, you know, it's going to tie back into what we were talking about last time. Like, if you you don't have to spend energy on that. You don't have to be anxious about this friendship or, or whatever it may look like. Like, you can remove that from your life. And you have the power to remove that from your life. Yeah. You know, a lot of things too is like, there's so many people out there that's going down a tangent, but like there's something going wrong in their life. And I, I've been this guy and before where it's like, dang, this sucks. I'm going to talk to a bunch of people about it, but I'm not going to go physically do anything to change it. And so at the end of the day, you are the reason that you are still stuck in that same situation because you don't have the courage to do what you know that you need to. And I've been there so many times. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it's just making that decision. No, it's not easy whether it's moving on through through a certain situation, losing a friend, or gaining new ones, right? I mean, you just got to have faith in that process, but you also got to have the discernment that's needed to realize what is good and what isn't good. Yeah. And I think that was beautifully said. And, yeah, I can recall a lot of situations where this is, this is not a fun thing to deal with, mm-hmm. but it, it is walking the path towards the narrow gate right yeah it's not easy but it it is going to be worth it whenever you're looking back and you're where you want to be yeah um i think you know that that ties right into the next section of foundation builders right there's one more section i want to touch on before that oops i skipped a step yes i did you're good man this is actually touted as one of the like scariest Bible verses for a lot of people. Um, 
this is talking about true disciples there in chapter 7. And it says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Why do you think that's so scary for so many people? So many people are scared of that because it almost portrays, when written, read just at face value, it almost portrays that nothing we do here on this earth will be good enough to be accepted into the kingdom of heaven. There's a lot of people that think that, that man, but but prophesizing for the Lord and, and casting out demons, all these things, that's more than I'm doing right now. So if somebody that's doing that can't get into heaven, how in the world do I have a chance of walking that narrow path and making it through the pearly gates? And there's so many people that, that get wrapped up in that. And honestly, I, I don't know about completely losing faith in Christianity or, or their faith in Jesus but it definitely trips a lot of people up. I've, I've watched so many studies over it. I, I dove into this because it tripped me up a little bit when I read it, to be honest with you. Hmm. Right? Interesting. But. So for me, I feel like it's a question of the posture of your heart. Exactly. Yes. Because Good. it's what can I get out of this relationship with God, which then in turn means you're in it for selfish reasons and you probably didn't truly have a, a relationship with God compared to what all can I give in this relationship? Agreed. And then letting the, the fruit of that be what it may. You know what I mean? I And I, yes, I I think that... It's like... I, go ahead, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Come on. I, I'm trying to still wrap my head around it, but <laughs> <laughs> no, you're you're good, brother. For, for me, I don't know. It, it's just truly just a, a posture of your heart. I mean, are you in it for selfish reasons, or are you in it for the bigger, bigger reason? Which I, isn't you. It's not me. It's everybody around us. It's the community that we're in. It's it's the folks that we surround ourselves with, and even more so, it's the guy that we ignore because he looks. A little weird walking down the sidewalk. It's that person that that continues to strike a nerve with us at work. It's it's whatever else you know, fill in the blank. You know what I mean? There's so much more to it than just what can I get out of this relationship? Because if you're in it for that reason then you're missing the whole point. I I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's exactly right. And and I think whenever you start to look at look at this sentence in verse twenty two and it says, On judgment day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. I think it gives that away right there because we can just as soon be replaced with I. And where is that focused? It's focused on the actions. It's focused on what I did Mm-hmm. down here on this earth I, I've done these things I, 
I've taken care of this. I've worked hard for you. It's entitlement. It's entitlement. You're not entitled to nothing. <laughs> you're not. And, and you're focusing on self and you're focusing on, on the righteousness of that self-righteousness, right? Yeah. Rather than the glory of God, mm-hmm. the relationship with Jesus. And it's really easy to slip into the fact that we're claiming to be good Christians. We're following the principles, but, but we're those Pharisees because at the end of the day, we don't have that relationship with Christ. We didn't have the conversations. We weren't intimately involved with our Lord, right? It, and that requires openness. It requires honesty. It requires truth. It requires humbling ourselves before God. It requires dying to ourselves and picking up our cross daily. And that's something that we often lose sight of. At least I know I do. Mm-hmm. And that was an area for, for work with me. So whenever I say that, that yeah, it, it did strike me a little bit. And it was like, man, how, how in the world could I do this? It also gave me a little bit of inspiration because it's like, man, that's that's pointing out something I struggle with. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, I just thought that was a really, really important one. And with that, we can we can dive into the foundations on that to close out chapter seven as well, brother. Yeah, man. I mean, it it all ties together, right? It does. Um, I find it comical because all the houses around here are built around sand. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We don't have too much. We're back in seven IL, man. Oh gosh, man. We don't have too much crazy weather though, so we're not. We're okay, (laughs) right? It's a balance. It's just something that I was like, that's kind of funny. It is, yeah. I thought about Uh, that too. Considering we're also in Divine. Divine, Texas. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, you know, obviously it's, it's an analogy for those that, that build, you know, where are you placing your, your faith, right? Mm-hmm. Are you building it upon the rock, which is scripture, which is the relationship with God and Jesus, right? Are you placing it in, in fallible things that are materialistic or, or idolization within, you know, what we have here on earth? Oh Yeah. And, you know, it's, at the end of the day, one is, is going to sustain you through eternity. And one is, though it's hard to see and grasp, one is very, um, it's like momentary, I guess. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's exactly right. And, and talking about about that too and, and the analogy of the house i mean it just it paints that picture so beautifully of the foundation is the gospel it's the laws of of jesus and god and and it's these things that we should morally structure ourselves around and our lives around and work within right mm-hmm. it's, it's a path it's a narrow path yeah. right it, it's that yeah. path that guides us in the direction we're supposed to go and the one that we fall short of so so often but as long as we're living with that and that's where we're rooted in and that's where we're making our decisions and and pushing ourselves down the path that we're needing to head to glorify Christ that is the foundation mm-hmm. we're anchored to something looking deeper into this 
You know, verse 27 there says, When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. That's talking about the unstable foundation. But the reason I brought that in is because it says when. It doesn't say if. It says when. Mm -hmm. Life is going to kick our butts. It's going to knock you down. The winds are coming. It's going to drag you. You're going to round the corner in a four or an eight hour race and you're going to see a massive hill in front of you. You're going to roll your ankle coming down said hill. You're going to have a washer go out. You're going to have a death in the family. You're going to have layoffs and loss of career. You're going to have friends that you lose. You're going to have all these things that are that are winds and storms and rain and things tearing at the very foundation of how you live your life, at the morals you walk this path with. It's going to give you every reason to step off of it, to find some coping mechanism, to find something other than where you should be walking because it feels more comfortable. It's easier, right? But as long as you're rooted in that foundation and you're maintaining it and you're living that and you're trying to operate out of that point, it's not if, it's when those things come. Yeah. You will be okay. You will survive. Your house will remain. I think another perspective too, brother, is like, you know, our identity, right? We, We place a lot of emphasis on fitness, being a runner, being a lifter, you know, being a leader at work. Yeah. You know, a bunch of it is just what we do. You know, we place our identity, our identity in, in those things. But all it takes is, is a bad accident, a bad fall, you know, something so easy to take that away. And then we lose ourselves, right? But if you place your identity in in this then then who you are stands firm because it can't be taken away yeah and it can't be washed away in the floods yeah and in a fall like i I know you meant like like you could never be able to lift or run again Mm -hmm. kind of what you're talking about too but i mean a fall fall can look as something as a bad decision that completely disrupts and destroys your life yeah changes your reputation changes what everyone thinks about you it could be a financial decision that completely wrecks your finances and now you're in a huge amount of debt and holding your hand something that's not worth what you thought it was so yeah i I agree It, it can completely change your circumstances and in those times you do you feel so so less valuable than -hmm. you truly are you feel like, I mean, trash. You feel like you're worthless. Yeah. But if you're rooted in something like this and and you understand God's love and the value that he places on us, and, I mean, that you truly take the Gospels, and we're going to get there eventually, but, but he gives his only son to come down and sacrifice and suffer and be nailed to a cross and live among sinners and live among people just like you and I. Mm-hmm. He does all of these things because he loves us. Because he understands that we're made in his image and that we're made to walk this path and we're made to go through the narrow gate that is challenging, but 
but it's made for us. Mm-hmm. Right. And to me, that's, yeah, that's absolutely right. It, it, we can't forget about our self-worth and, and we got to loving yourself as loving your neighbors as you love yourself implies that you have to love yourself too. Right. And, and value yourself and, and move through those. So I, I do love that example that you laid out, dude. That's, that's awesome. And I think that's, that's what it comes back to, man. I mean, we gotta, we gotta continue progressing and, and, and building this relationship with, with God, developing our love with him, through him, for ourselves and for others. Right. And it's a journey <laughs> to say the least, you know, we're going to have valleys. We're going to have mountains. Um, we're going to have some dang good times in between it. Right. Yes, sir. Um, but just like, just like our runs, just like training, just like friendships and, and everything else we do. If you're patient, if you are persistent and you know, you're, you're present and you're deliberate. I mean, That'll be, that'll be what it's meant to be. I think that is a beautiful way to sum up chapter seven. Yeah. So. You hit the nail on the head. Hmm. Well, man, this is a, this has been a journey. I've, I've, I've been loving it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, and I still, I mean, even then, man, I, you know, we're diving into it and I still feel like it's not enough, right? Like it's something that we were talking about the other day where it's like we see our faults because we know where our faults lay. Oh, yeah. Right. And at times it's hard to, it's hard to, to navigate through that because you don't know where to draw that line with yourself. But just in that same breath, you know, the grace I think that we give others pretty freely at times. I mean, just need to make sure that we're giving it to ourselves too. It's something that I've been, something that I've been working on. <laughs> so, I I get that. And that perfectionist coming out. <laughs> oh yeah, Better watch out, buddy. I agree, brother. I think, I think so, and I think that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm my own worst critic. I'm as hard as I can be on myself all the time. And man, I can tell you every low point that I've found in life and every spot where I've, where I found myself in depression. I mean, I, not to go too deep into things, but even, even like close to suicidal at times. I mean, every time I found myself in one of those positions, it was because of the judgment that I had upon myself and Mm -hmm. how hard I was on myself and how I wanted everything to be so good and so right. And, and I had this standard that for myself, that was just, it's impossible to live. Yeah. And I, uh, I agree, dude. I think we got to show some grace and, and I've really enjoyed this journey because it's, it's taught me that in a lot of ways. And yeah, I mean, it's got to, we got to build our house on that rock. Yes, sir. And that's all it is. That's right. Well, so. I've enjoyed it, brother. Yeah, brother. It was a dang good one, man. Again, folks, if 
if you got anything from this, please go out there, share the show. Um, you know, let us know how this is affecting you too. You know, Chance and I were going through this together, but we're going through this with y'all too, and we're looking for that engagement. We're looking for um you know that feedback from y'all and, and we want to be part of y'all's journey we want to be part of y'all's training y'all's lives and everything else just as much so whatever you're getting from it let us know Ain't yeah big thing and we're here for you whatever it is yeah please like lane said please let us know i mean if if you're somebody that's more adept with all of this and have a deeper understanding and we're skewed in some way. We, we say something that doesn't fully align with the way it's supposed to align. I mean, we're human. We, we study hard for this stuff and try to try to understand it because we want to know for our own sake. And, and we want to make sure we're teaching the right stuff too, to other people that are, that are learning this with us. So I, if you got something, leave it in the comments, shoot us a DM, let us know. We're, mm-hmm. we're about it. Absolutely. We're definitely not too high and mighty to, to be critiqued. No, so. bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> But other than that, y'all get out there. Don't be afraid. Go lead the way and always be prepared for whatever is next in line. Adios, folks.